الحمد لله الحمد لله نحمده ونستعينه ونستغفره ونؤمن به ونتوكل عليه ونعوذ بالله من شرور انفسنا من سيئات اعمالنا من يهده الله فلا مضل له ومن يضلل فلا هادي له ونشهد ان لا اله الا الله وحده لا شريك له ونشهد ان محمدا عبده ورسوله ارسل الله تعالى بالحق بشيرا ونذيرا داعيا الى الله باذنه وسراجا منيرا فما بعد فقال تعالى يا ايها الذين امنوا اتقوا الله حق تقاته ولا تموتن الا وانتم مسلمون فقال يا ايها الذين امنوا اتقوا الله وقولوا قولا سديدا يصلح لكم اعمالكم ويغفر لكم ذنوبكم ومن يطع الله ورسوله فقد فاز فوزا عظيما وقال نبينا محمد صلى الله عليه واله وسلم ان لصدق ان اصدق الحديث كتاب الله وخير الهدي هدي محمد صلى الله عليه وسلم وشر الامور محدثاتها وكل محدثه بدعه وكل بدعه ضلاله وكل ضلاله في النار my dear respected brothers and sisters elders i want to remind myself and you that the meaning of being muslim is to submit to allah subhanahu wa ta'ala without question without argument without reservation or hesitation to submit joyfully and eagerly that is our is the symbol of our trust in him jalla jalaluhu and that trust is what earns his pleasure and his help and that is why the topic of my khutbah today is muslim is a verb and that is why the iconic symbol of islam is the sajda a state of total submission and helplessness a symbol of complete unhesitating obedience a symbol of total trust and faith a muslim is one who submits and that is why there is no such thing as a non practicing muslim the word muslim is a verb like the word musalli one who prays not somebody who knows how to pray or or knows about the salah and doesn't pray or the word saim one who fasts not someone who knows about fasting but doesn't fast or the word haji one who has done or is doing hajj not someone who went there to help the hajjaj or to make a movie about hajj or a journalist who is reporting about hajj or the bus driver who is taking people transporting them from place to place all of them go to all the places that the haji goes to but they are not considered to have performed the hajj because they didn't fulfill the rituals of hajj to be a muslim we must practice islam and that means to submit our will to the will of allah subhanahu wa ta'ala jalla jalaluhu an immediate topic that is before us today is that of women going for hajj on their own without a mahram This is not restricted to Hajj, but to women traveling without a mahram. Is this permissible or not? Let me share with you what our scholars have said, and leave you to take your own decisions. I ask Allah Subhanahu Wa Taala to guide us to what pleases Him. I remind myself and you about the basic principle in Islam that whatever Allah Subhanahu Wa Taala commanded directly in the Quran or through His Messenger Muhammad Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. is good for all time because allah subhanahu wa taala's knowledge is perfect and is not based on the times 
And that is what makes the Quran and the Ahadith of Rasulullah timeless and relevant across the centuries. I must remind myself and you that to open the door of expediency or modernity or present circumstances is to open the door for the eventual destruction of Islam. This is nothing new. We have seen it happen in other faiths which also have the same divine origin but where the leaders decided to change the law which the messengers brought and substituted it with their own understanding and desire. Every time and age will be faced with the same dilemma and challenge. The answer is also the same. Allah knows and I don't know. So I do what Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and his messenger wasalam, told me to do, whether I understand it or not, whether it within quotes makes sense or not, because I have limited knowledge. I do that not because I am obeying blindly, but because I am obeying with knowledge that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala knows more than I do, knows the future and to him is my return. And I do it because I trust him completely and totally without any reservations and know in the depth of my soul that whatever he ordered Jalla Jalaluhu without qualification is good for me. So I obey and ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to be my witness and to forgive my shortcomings. Let me remind you that we apply this principle in our lives every day with respect to any expert or specialist that we deal with. We obey without question. Not blindly, but because we respect his or her superior knowledge and trust their judgment and believe that they have our best interests at heart in suggesting whatever they suggest. I ask, do we have the same trust in Allah? There are two opinions regarding whether a woman is allowed to travel without a mahram. And as you know, a mahram is her husband or any male relative that she is prohibited from marrying. First opinion, it is not permissible for a woman to travel without a mahram. This is the Hanafi and the Hanbali opinion and is based on the following hadith and others like them. First one, Abu Huraira reported in a hadith Muttafaqun agreed upon Bukhari and Muslim that Rasulullah said it is not permissible, it is not permissible for a woman who believes in Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and the last day to make a journey of one day and night unless she is accompanied by a mahram and that is her husband or a relative that she is not permitted to marry and as I said this is agreed upon Muttabakun Ali in Bukhari Muslim second hadith Abdullah bin Abbas he reported that Rasulullah said no man must be alone with a woman except in the presence of her mahram no woman should travel except in the company of a mahram. So this hadith has two commands. No man must be alone with a woman except in the presence of her mahram. And no woman should travel except in the company of a mahram. A man asked him, Sallallahu Alaihi Ya Rasulullah, Sallallahu Alaihi I have been enrolled for such and such an expedition. He was going on a sariya. But my wife has gone for hajj. Rasulullah Sallallahu Alaihi said, go and perform hajj with her. And this also is Muttafaqun Ali, Bukhari and Muslim. Now both are very clear and direct commands. The second one includes the command for a man to be not to be alone with a non-mahram woman. In another narration on this subject, a man asked Rasulullah 
Ya Rasulullah, what if the woman is pious? And he, sallallahu alayhi wa said to the effect, even if it is Maryam, the mother of Isa, you still cannot be alone with her without a mahram. I remind myself and you that if we accept one part of the hadith, we cannot reject the other part. If it is not permissible to be alone with a non-mahram woman and we accept that, then it is also not permissible for a woman to travel without a mahram because it is the same hadith. Second opinion, it is permissible for a woman to travel without a mahram. And this is the Shafi and Maliki opinion. <clears throat> and also held by uh, many of the contemporary scholars, including Sheikh Yusuf al-Kardawi, the European Fatwa Council, Darul Iftah of Egypt, and the uh, ulama of Azhar. Now, obviously, these scholars were aware of the existence of the hadith I mentioned above and the opinions of Imam Abu Hanifa and Imam Ahmad bin Hanbal. These scholars, they looked at Azbab al-Wurud, which is the circumstances and the possible reasons for the rulings, the Isnad, which is the chain of narration, the Illa, which is the effective reason why the ruling was given. And this is the scholar's understanding of that. I mean, none of them talked to Rizal himself directly. Now, they decided that the effective reason why this ruling was given was because in the past it was not safe for women to travel alone. And so, Rasulullah prohibited it. Now, since times have changed, in the opinion of these scholars, this ruling does not apply any longer. Now, I'm not going here into what the data tells us about the safety of women traveling alone today. But clearly, that has relevance. To support this ruling, there is another narration. In Fatul Bari, which is the book by Imam Ibn al-Hajar al-Asqalani, the great Hanafi scholar, who quoted a hadith from Bukhari, where Adi bin Hatim uh, at said that Rasulullah told him, and if you live a long life, you will surely see women traveling from Hira till they make tawaf of the Kaaba, fearing no one except Allah. Imam Ahmad quoted this hadith in his Musnad, and his words, he said, Nabi said, by he in whose hand is my soul. Verily, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will bring this matter, which is Islam, into completion until women travel from Hira and make tawaf of the Kaaba without being accompanied by anyone. The scholars have said that this is a form of Bashara, which is good news about the future. It's not a permission to do this and it does not negate the clear commands in the hadith which I quoted earlier. Also, if I were to ask this question regarding this hadith, is today the time when Islam has come into completion and dominance all over the world, where to use a, a term from the Roman Empire, they used to call it Pax Romana, the peace enforced by the Roman Empire. If I say, is there a Pax Islamia in place? What's the, what's the answer to that? So let me leave you to answer that question. The scholars who permitted a Muslim woman to travel alone without a mahram, they put following conditions. It's not unconditional. And they said, that it is permissible for a woman to travel without a mahram if she can ensure, if she can ensure the following. Two things. Number one, she ensures that the paths towards her destination and on her return journey are safe and she does not meet with any harassment and chaos which can jeopardize her safety. Number two, she has trustworthy companions throughout the journey. 
The majority of scholars such as Ata, Sayyid bin Jubair, Ibn Sirin, Hassan al-Basri, Rahmatullah Majmain also permitted women to travel for obligatory hajj, fard hajj without a mahram if the woman is accompanied by trustworthy people. Imam Abu al-Hassan al-Batal, uh, Ibn al-Batal mentioned in Shara Bukhari, he said that Imam Malik, Imam al-Awzai, Imam al-Shafi said, a woman who does not have a mahram may travel for her obligatory hajj with other women in trustworthy company. These scholars base their opinion on a precedent where the mothers of the believers, Ummahatul Mu'mineen, performed hajj after Rasulullah had passed away and during the Khilafah of Umar ibn al-Khattab in the guardianship of Uthman bin Affan who was not their mahram. Abdullah bin Umar also accompanied some women from his neighbors for Hajj. Now the key question to ask is, is the travel of the mothers of the believers from Medina to Makkah during the Khilafah of Umar ibn al-Khattab accompanied obviously not just by, Umar, by Uthman bin Affan but by a whole entourage and military troops and everything else. Traversing a journey every inch of which was under the rule of Umar bin al-Khattab. Is it the same as a woman traveling for Hajj today? So let me leave you to answer that question also. History must be understood in context. You can't just take one line and read it. The famous Maliki scholar, Imam Abu Walid al-Baji al-Andalusi al-Maliki, who was a, contem- a contemporary of Imam Ibn al-Hazam, rahmatullah alayhim, he mentioned in Al-Muntaqa Shara Al-Muwatta that a woman's travel without a mahram is contingent upon the number of people accompanying her. It's not permissible for her to travel without a mahram if she is with a small group of people. However, it is permissible for her to travel without a mahram if she is accompanied by a large group of people. Who can ensure her safety? Now, please note that being accompanied doesn't mean all the people on the plane. It means those she knows and who she is going with for Hajj and who are bound to take care of her safety. I have given you both the opinions and ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to guide you to do that which is most pleasing to him. Alhamdulillah. محمد رسول الله صلى الله عليه وعلى آله وصحبه وسلم تسليما كثيرا كثيرا فما بعد فقال تعالى إن الله وملائكته يصلون على النبي يا أيها الذين آمنوا صلوا عليه وسلموا تسليما اللهم صل على سيدنا محمد وعلى آل محمد كما صليت على إبراهيم وعلى آل إبراهيم إنك حميد مجيد اللهم بارك على محمد وعلى آل محمد كما باركت على إبراهيم وعلى آل إبراهيم إنك حميد مجيد I remind myself and you that the basic principle in deen is that the deen is easy. Ad-deen yusra. We know the hadith of Aisha Siddiqa anha who said that Rasulullah always chose the easier opinion if it was not something haram. As our scholars have warned us, you are not better than the Rasul We know the hadith of Aisha Siddiqa anha also where Abdullah ibn Umar ibn Ras and two of his companions came to her to ask about the life of Rasulullah Now after they listened to her, they said, if Rasulullah did so much worship and made so much effort, how much more should we make? And so we will fast every day 
we will worship Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala all night, every night, and we will never marry. Now when Rasulullah heard this, he was displeased. He called them, he summoned them and he said, I know Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala more than you. And I have a relationship with Allah that is closer than your relationship. But I fast on some days and I eat on other days. I worship Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala for a part of the night and I sleep in the other part. And I stay away from my wives sometimes and I am with them at other times. It's a well-known and respected position in fiqh of all the madahib that when Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has given us a rukhsa, when he has given us ease, permission in a situation, we must express our gratitude for it by utilizing it. For example, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala granted us the rukhsa for shortening our salah and praying khasar during travel. To avail of this benefit is to show our gratitude to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. To say I don't really need it because my travel is comfortable and so I will pray the full salah is to show that we do not appreciate the ease that Allah gave us. And that's an extreme position which Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala does not like. The salah is valid but to pray khasar in that situation would have been more pleasing to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala inshallah. For hajj Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala made it conditional upon two requirements for men and three for women. For men and women the two requirements are that hajj is fard if the man or woman has material and financial means and is healthy enough to do it. Obviously, they have to be akhil baligh and all that. I'm not going into the list of that. For, for women, in addition to these two, is the requirement of a mahram to accompany her. This means that if these conditions are not satisfied, then the hajj is not far on that man or woman and they will not be questioned by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and will not be liable for, him, for this before him, inshallah. We may want to go for Hajj. That is our desire. Alhamdulillah, good desire. But to make the desire subservient and subordinate to the law of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is the essence of Islam. And that is what Islam is. To submit the will to the will of Allah. To insist that one must fulfill one's desire is a form of rebelliousness about the will of Allah. We know the hadith of Rasulullah where he said that if a person has a, has a genuine desire for shahada and makes dua for it, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will raise him with the shuhada even if he dies in his bed. I have the same husnazan about my Rabb Jalla Jalaluhu concerning the woman who genuinely desires to go for hajj but does not do so because she does not have a mahram and she wants to obey Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala told us to take unconditionally whatever his messenger gives us and to leave whatever Rasulullah orders us to live. In Surah Al-Hashar, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala said, وَمَا آتَاكُمُ الرَّسُولُ فَقُوذُهُ وَمَا نَحَاكُمْ أَنْهُ فَانْتَهُ وَاتَّقُوا اللَّهِ إِنَّ اللَّهَ شَدِيدُ لِقَابِ May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala help us to do that and remain in His amana, in His, in his protection and safety. Talking about obeying unconditionally, the Sahaba accompanied Rasulullah sallam for Umrah, but was stopped at Hudaybiyah. They desired to make Umrah, to worship Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, to make tawaf of the Kaaba, but when Rasulullah commanded them to shave their heads and sacrifice their animals and return without doing Umrah, they obeyed. That was, in my view, the qualifying exam, if I can use the term, after which Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala gave them Makkah in two years. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala called it Fatum Mubin, great victory. What was the victory? They had just signed an unfair one-sided treaty. Where is the victory? Sayyidina Umar ibn al-Khattab was questioning at that time and he was literally the spokesperson for a lot of people. And later his regret about that. 
is an indicator of the mental and spiritual anguish that the Sahaba went through, the, that this test presented to the Sahaba. Yet they obeyed. And that is why Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala called it a victory. The victory was the fact that they obeyed Rasulullah even though what they were being stopped from was by itself righteous and virtuous. Yet they did not insist on doing it, but followed the command of Rasulullah I remind myself and you that Islam is all about obedience. And that is why Rasulullah said, your iman will not be complete until you make your desires subordinate to the deen which I have brought. Please note, he did not say haram desires. He said desires. In Ramadan, we give up our halal desires to please Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And that is because obedience is superior to whatever we may want to do, even if it is virtuous. In Islam, what is virtuous is not to do what we think, but to obey Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala jalla jalla. I ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to guide us to do what is pleasing to him and save us from that which does not please him. Rabbana faqfir lana dhunubana wa kaffirana sayyatina wa tawaffana ma'al abrad. Rabbana zaramna anfusana wa illam taqfir lana wa tarhamna lana kunna min al-khasirin. La ilaha illa anta subhanaka inna kunna min al-zalimin. Rabbi qfir wa arham wa anta khayrul rahimin. La ilaha illa anta subhanak ya hayu ya qayyum. Birahmatika nastaghith. Aslih lana ashanana kulla la ilaha illa anta. عباد الله رحمكم الله إن الله يأمر بالعدل والإحسان وإيتاء ذي القربى وينحى عن الفحشاء والمنكر والبغي يعزكم لعلكم تذكرون اذكروا الله يذكركم عدوا يستجيب لكم ولا ذكر الله أكبر والله يعلم ما تصنعون أقيموا السلام